Welcome to another segment of the Cisco and Falzone Hour on Broadcast and Politics. We have a fantastic guest tonight. Not so much politics tonight. It's about fatherhood. You know, Father's Day is coming very soon. So I know mothers are great. I love my mother. Women that are mothers are fantastic. Without them, I wouldn't be here, and the rest of the men would not be here either. So a shout-out to the, to the mothers and women, but also a shout-out to the fathers. They also are important. And we'll discuss that with Armin Brat, a.k.a. Mr. Dad. He's a spokesman for the Men's Health Network. He's the author of The New Father, a dad's guide to the toddler years, a national published columnist on manhood and fatherhood, and host of Positive Parenting, a weekly talk show. He should be here soon, and we'll get him on the line. But in the meantime, we're going to discuss quite a few things. Oregon, the state of Oregon, beautiful Oregon, but horrible and dirty Portland, with their communist um, governor, Katie Brown. Oh, I think she's related to that Jerry Brown, who's also a commie in California. But Katie has mandated that all businesses have to either tell their customers to continue asking everyone to mass up or basically getting vaccination papers to make sure that they're fully vaccinated. They do not want the honor system. So that's one thing. Well, they're getting themselves into trouble because, and the businesses will get into trouble because there's no way and there's no reason to mandate. You're violating HIPAA laws, okay? HIPAA basically states that your medical information is private between your doctor your entity, your medical entity, and yourself. They're threading a very, very, very bad, bad. They're going in a bad direction. And um, lawsuits are coming. Lawsuits are coming. And as a matter of fact, now we have new lawyers out there called vaccination lawyers. So that's the latest. They become Oregon. The state of Oregon becomes the first state in the union to basically mandate to businesses what they need to do, even though, so, you know, they don't believe in, in the CDC. They don't believe, you know, you know, but that's how commie, commies work. They don't care about laws. They just basically, it's all about power. The next one is going to, you're going to crack up about this one. The MSNBC doctor, infectious doctor, came out and said children should continue to wear masks. 
not because they're going to be harmed by the coronavirus, but because they need to be be like their parents, you know, and, and share that feeling together. That's how they're saying that that's the reason they should wear, continue to wear masks. Are, you, are, are, are they for real or what? <laughs> Unbelievable. And then the shocking video of a Colorado bus driver hitting and smacking a little girl because she wasn't wearing her mask. These people are lunatics. They're out of control. Totally. They're part of that COVID cult. Anyway, it's, uh, it's you know, how much fun we're, are we having uh, in, the, in this new crazy world? So I really, I can't wait for the lawsuits. So here we're, we're, we're calling Army. This is uh, Cisco from uh, Broadcast and Politics. We're, uh, ha- we have an interview tonight. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay. So I just gave a little uh, brief description of um, Mr. Dad. <laughs> uh, but if, it, basically, you're a spokesman for the Men's Health Net- Network, and you're the author of The New Father, That's Guide to the Toddler Years, National yep. Publish columnist on manhood and fatherhood and host of Positive Parenting, a weekly talk show. Anything else that you would like to uh, aggregate to um, to that? Sure. There's a a brand new edition of of, of a previous book called The Expectant Father. It just came out last week. Okay. We're going to promote it. Uh, we're going to promote it on our website and, and for our listeners to basically well, go you. out there. Well, you know, one of the things that really caught my attention um, was Father's Day is coming up and fatherhood, you know, as a father, um, you know, I grew up with my father and um, it was a great, you know, working relationship with him and learning and spending time with him. And uh, when I had my, you know, my son, the same, you know, but as I did some research before our interview, the number of, I think it's a father's absence in the United States is 18.3 million children. One in four live, they live without a biological father or stepfather or adopted father in their home that was yeah. amazing that was totally amazing i did not know that. yeah 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 no that's so, that's right i i wouldn't have i wouldn't have said exactly 18.5 but certainly i'm sorry 18.3 through well yeah no i mean i i'm not I'm not arguing the statistic <laughs> with you no i mean it's it's just it's a it's an awful number right and it has tremendous ramifications for, for not only for the kids and for the family members, but for society as a whole. Right. Because those kids are not having the benefit of a father in their life to show them what it means to be a man. Right. And what, mascul- what 
proper levels of masculinity are. And so too many of these kids decide that they, they connect with some sort of a charismatic tough guy in the neighborhood who says that the way to be a man is to beat somebody up or to shoot somebody or to join his gang or whatever it is. And that's why there, there's a tremendous number of or percentage of, of men who are in prison mm-hmm. grew up in families without a father. Right. And I mean, if, if well, I don't know where you want to go with this, but, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, we, it, it really, it, it becomes a very politically incorrect topic, unfortunately. Oh, it because, does. Yeah. I mean, I, I, in my opinion, so many of the, the issues that we're facing are the result of the breakdown of, of the family. And I'm not saying that everybody has to be married. And uh, I mean, people live together instead of being married. I am not judging anybody, but mm-hmm. I'm saying that we, we need to be as a society, we need to be aware of what we're doing. And we are, we are essentially saying we don't support having the father in the home. And part of the problem is that, that there's, uh, there are, are government programs that are not available for women and children if the father is living in the home. And so in, in some twisted version of reality, the responsible thing in some communities is for the dad to not live there. Because if he's not working and the family needs to get uh, food stamps and uh, supplemental assistance, they can't if he's in the house. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it's like some Alice in Wonderland world where the, everything is upside down and backwards. It's just, it's crazy. How how are we possibly supporting something like that? Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that is so important, besides the parent, uh, the father is not in the house, is those critical years when they're growing between, I think, 13 and, you know, the teenage years. Those are really critical for a father to build that relationship. And I, and I, and I, and I'll give you an example. I mean, I started with my son. We started going away on a father-son trip around that age so we can spend time together where we can share those moments and we would go to wrestling events. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I just want to add something to what you're saying. I think you're absolutely right that the teen years are critical years because the kids, for boys and girls, it doesn't matter for either one. They, they need to know that dad cares about them. They need to, girls need to know what to expect from the people in their lives that they're having relationships with. They don't want to be looking for love in all the wrong places, as the song goes, uh, which happens with girls who grow up in, uh, in families without a father. But it's important for, for people listening to understand that you can't just decide when your child is 12 that you're going to have a, a close relationship. The fact that you can have a close relationship with your teenager now is most likely built on having had a good relationship or a close relationship for many years before that. So you right. need to be there from the beginning, from the very right. beginning, if, if, to the extent that you can. I mean, not, people work long hours and they're not able to be with their kids as much as they'd like to be. That's not by any stretch stretch a uh, a doom or a, a death sentence for the relationship. And, and, and guys, uh, men and women, 
are deployed in the military and they're, they're away from their kids for a year at a time. You can recover from that, but you can't just tune in again in, in the teen years and say, okay, kids, we're going to have a close relationship now with, with kids that you really don't know. Right, right. So the father-son relationship today, how different is that from the father-son relationship 30, 40 years ago? Well, I think it's in some ways it's a little bit less respectful. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are fewer boundaries now between parents and children, and I'm not so sure that that's a great idea. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, all of my parents' friends were Dr. or Mrs. or Mr. or whatever. Right. I, I don't even think that I knew a lot of their first names. And, I mean, at some point, like in my 20s or something, I started calling them by their first name. And it mm-hmm. felt like I was such a grown-up. But So there's that, that, that we, we don't treat our parents with the same sort of reverence in a way that we, that we used to. And I think that there's also that there's a sense more of, of a friendship and camaraderie, which is a great thing, but there isn't the sense of, of uh, well, again, of respect. I mean, like I'm going through this with my older kids who are in their, their 20s, actually, my oldest one is 30 now, and they really don't have a lot of understanding of the way that the world works. and. Mm-hmm are blaming me for all of the evils in the world right now, <laughs> you know, which is something that you, you have to look forward to. But I mean, it, it's, it's the kind of a thing that I, I think I never would have been able to have a conversation like that with my parents or with my dad and to say, you know, dad, I, I think that you're, you know, well, you're, you screwed this up and you screwed that up and, and think, wow, without any sort of attempt to understand, they never ask why. And mm. I think, so that I think is is a bit of a difference, but there. But what, what's nice about it is, I don't think that I would have gone to to a WWE event with my dad. He probably wouldn't have taken me. Maybe we would have gone to the opera or or uh, camping or something a more more stereotypical. <laughs> um, but that that could be just because he you know, he was a lawyer and then we were the greeters in the family, so wrestling wouldn't have been good. But I got to say, I took my my kids uh, to a, a monster truck rally and to, you know, to I mean like the greatest things ever and and the WWE fantastic thing when a smackdown it was just like oh yeah time we ever had you know and so you know this I was kind of laughing before as you were saying that that it doesn't matter what you do just as right. long as you just as long as you talk about it and you experience it because I mean why why not? Why not do something like that? And I also went to, to concerts of musicians mm-hmm. that I never right. would have gone to by myself because well it's you know, the music is garbage sometimes <laughs> in, in my opinion. But but then you know, then again they went with me to some concerts they that they probably said the same thing. Now, what is this jazz business? What are you crazy? <laughs> that that is that's interesting. But um in regards to the father now tends to fathers tend to get less respect in so many ways in this society in that everything is attributed to and and, and again as I said pre in my monologue before mothers 
you know, they deserve all the uh, all, all the uh, respect and all the uh, the rewards because they do a great job. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. But I think fathers take the backseat. What's your, your 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 take on that? Oh, I agree with you completely. I, I think that, and, and a lot of that is is just comes from ignorance that people just are not aware. And this is something that I have I have been trying to work on for for the last 20 years that I've been working in fatherhood, people are not aware of how incredibly important a father is to his children, to his and men and women contribute incredibly important things to their children's development. And those things are different. Men contribute different things than women do. And of course, men, you know, there's lots of overlap, but I think anybody who's ever watched parents and children together will tell you that women and men interact with their kids in different ways, generally speaking. So just it, we'll just forget about the stereotypes, but that, that's, that's the way that it is. And because we've, we've glorified motherhood to some sort of, so to an extent, right. and we, you're exactly right, is that we, we, we look at you know, mom and apple pie as, as you know, things are, that are just beyond, beyond criticism, and we... We don't do that, and I think that, that motherhood is synonymous with caring in a way that fatherhood isn't. And I would like to get, like us as a, as a culture to get to right. a point where we can say father, fatherhood, and you'll, you'll have the same warm images that you would have as, as mother when you talk about mothers and motherhood. I think we're slowly, slowly, slowly moving there, but a lot of it has to do with media images. I mean, just think of, of the fathers and, and families on TV. They, you know, they've been talking, I've been complaining about this for 25 years, that, that most of the fathers on TV are idiots. Mm-hmm. That they're, they're not taken seriously by their kids. They're not taken seriously by their, by their spouse. And well, that, that's the kind of messages that, that little boys and girls are growing up with. Well, why? there's no sense in being an involved father because people are going to laugh at me. And there's no sense in wanting to have my my partner be an involved father because eh, I can do it myself. I mean, that, that's not the kind of messages that I want my kids to have. I mean, it's a little bit late. They've, they've already had those messages for a long time. And commercials are even worse. The, because right. commercials repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. I mean, just think about the, every, of course, we skipped the last Olympics, but almost every Olympics, say, going back about 10 or 15 years, current gamble was always the proud sponsor of moms. Mm-hmm. And I remember I wrote a couple of articles about this saying, you know, most of those athletes were encouraged and coached and, and driven back and forth to practices by their dads. So how, how you can completely leave dads out of the equation is it, it's just insulting. And it also shows up, uh, you know, the big run up to mother's day, you get a lot more, more, more uh, marketing more commercials on Mother's Day. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen one yet for Father's Day. Well, they usually lump it in there. It's dads and grads is the, the ad, ad campaigns that I'm always aware of. But, you know, you, you, uh, if you, you may not be old enough to remember this, but you remember collect calls? Yes. Yeah, so, they're, they're, well, for those who don't know, you used to, if you didn't have a, a, sell, a plan with unlimited calling, you would call somebody else and they would pay for the call. Yeah. It was called a collect call. So 
Mother's Day was was for from AT and T. Mother's Day was the biggest day of the year for phone calls. Father's Day was the biggest day of the year for collect calls. <laughs> that part, that you. part I that part I did not know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. just, I always found that entertaining. I mean, so at least they're calling, but they're at least, yeah, Dad, can you help me out? Okay. <laughs> now, the other part is, which is kind of alarming from some of the research, the number of fathers that are in prison. Uh, that has led to a lot of this fatherless um, crisis that we're living because they're in prison. They they father these kids and then they're gone because they're away locked up. Yep. Yep, and there's no doubt that that some of them really should be locked up. They, they, I'm sure that there's some of them who should be out, but there are others who probably did terrible things. But I think this gets back to your point earlier about the the respect that we have for mothers that we don't have for fathers. There's just so much. I mean, it's reading articles all the time about programs for women in prison to have visitation with their kids. We don't have those same kinds of things with fathers. And, and even if dad is a really bad guy, he probably can impart some kind of wisdom to his children or, or let them know, just to, to let the kid know that dad really cares about you. And there, there are people who are, are beyond redemption. I, I think that that's undoubtedly true, men and women. But I think we, we need to start thinking about what we can do to help these dads who are in prison stay in touch with their kids to, to the extent that that's safe for everybody. And what we can do to train them and give them parenting skills so when they get out, because not all of them are going to be in there for life. Most of them, I mean, in fact, most of them won't, right? So most of them, you know, they'll be out in six months or a year, and they need to, to be able to have better parenting skills so when they get out, they can understand that how what I was talking about before, about how important they are to their children how their kids are going to do better when dad is in their life and an incentive for the dad to, when he's got a choice between doing something illegal and not doing something illegal, right. something that might end him in jail, he can make the right choice. And part of that would be because in the back of his mind, he, he can say to himself, I'm really important to my kids. They need me in their life. So I'm not going to do this thing, whatever that thing is. Mm. Now, the other aspect Again, while doing um, research on the uh, on, on this topic, because you know you're you're an expert on this, is the economics part of it. The fathers of today versus the fathers of 30 or 40 years ago. When it comes to economics, when 34, 40, or 50 years ago, the father was the the working individual, and the mother was at home. Right. Today, both parents have to work. So how does economics shape that father-son relationship? Well, that's a really interesting, interesting thing, that there's a lot of research into this, and there still is in a lot of people's minds if you say, what are the characteristics of a good father? For most people, regardless of generation, even millennials and Gen Zs, 
most of them say, well, something along the lines of he's supposed to be the provider protector. He's supposed to, to support the family. The mother's financial support is considered more optional. Mm-hmm. And so it, it still puts a lot of pressure on dads to have a job and to, to be the one who pays the bills and, and supports the money for the, supports the family financially. And the problem is, uh, particularly in, in light of COVID, and I've been working on some, uh, a lot of big papers on this because I was involved in a, a conference on, on the effect of COVID on, on men's mental health, mm-hmm. that, that they, they, they lose their job or their company shuts down or something economic happens. They aren't able to pay the rent. And they, they feel so unmasculine and so useless that that has led to a, an increase in suicides, in drug overdoses, mm-hmm. and alcohol abuse, and many, many, many deaths. I think something somewhere around, around 75,000 more suicides mm-hmm. than you would expect in a typical year are happening because of the despair that has gone along with, with men not being able to, to support their families. And it's, it's tragic. It's horrible. But there's still, again, what I'm saying is that there still is that's such an essential component of fatherhood. I don't think it has to be, but it's still there societally. We still have this idea that so many men feel that their their identity and self-worth is tied up in how much money they make. And you see that on on the one end of the spectrum where wealthier guys have have those issues, but you also see it on the low income end of the scale, where guys who can't provide, they can't make child support payments, they often feel ashamed about that, and so the way that they deal with their shame sometimes is by not supporting their kids, by not coming to visit the kids, not playing with them, not doing whatever they can, as if financial support is the only way to be a good father. That's not. I mean, financial support is nice, but if you don't have the money, it's better to come and Mm -hmm. play with them and give the mom a break and and maybe go buy some groceries if you can than to just back away, which happens, unfortunately, some of the time, is that the guys just back away because they feel so ashamed. Right. And the other other aspect, and you brought up an excellent point in regards to, you know, even if you don't have the money, but at least if you show and play with them and, and, and pay attention to them, that's a form of building that relationship strong without having to, you know, give them material things, which are fine, but they're not, they're not going to really give them that love that they actually need, that attention that they need. Because there's a lot of parents out there, and speaking from, from personal experience, family, that... They think that being a parent, it's buying them a $300 pair of shoes or taking them, you know, to wherever they want and not paying attention to them again. I mean, I have uh, some families that are, that are like that, you know, it's, it's, and I always believe that, you know, I, I have to give them that love and attention on top. Yeah. Anything else, material, is a plus, but the love and attention is, is critical. Well, there's this old adage in the fatherhood space, where how, how do kids spell love? Mm-hmm. T-I-M-E. <laughs> right? It's, it's, that's how you show your love for your kids, is by being with them, by 
whatever you can do with them. If you want to take them to WWE, that's great. You want to read them bedtime stories or teach them how to ride a bike or, or how to throw a curveball, that's great too. But sending them a check does not make you a good father. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there, there's so much tied up in, in child support and financial stuff, as I was saying, that that really muddies the water and makes a lot of, a lot of moms less supportive because the, the temptation is to say, well, we have child support order here. You're not paying, so therefore you can't see the kids. Mm-hmm. And what, what the moms who do that, and, and there are unfortunately too many of them, what they're doing besides depriving the father of, of the opportunity to be with his kids, they're depriving the kids the opportunity to be with the father. They're also making their own life harder because mm-hmm. who would be a better natural babysitter for the kids? You wouldn't have to pay. And that would enable you to go off and take classes at school or hang out with your friends or do whatever else instead of having to be with the kids all the time. Who would be better than, than the dad? But they get so caught up in this, this idea that men's truest expression of fatherhood is to send money. Is it, it just does everybody a disservice and it hurts everybody. Definitely. And I think that you, you brought me to the next topic. When it comes to child support or when it comes to the court, the father tends to get the worst of it in court. The, wor- yeah. the worst of it, you said? Uh-huh. Okay. And when it, I mean, based on the, the research that I've, I've been doing, it, it tends to favor, courts tend to favor more the mother than the father. Would you agree? I do. I, I think that that's changing somewhat. It used to be absolutely slam dunk. If there was a divorce or if there was a breakup of a relationship, the courts would say the kids go with the mom and the father can see them uh, Wednesday afternoons and every right. other weekend. And that was kind of the deal. And as more states now are, are having uh, automatic with the presumption of joint custody being joint physical or joint, well, legal, legal and physical custody so that the, there has to be joint decision-making about big things having to do with the kids. And they live with the parents roughly half 50, 50. Um, there, there's a lot of pushback on that from, and uh, unfortunately a lot of the pushback has come, come from women's groups who are saying, well, the only reason why men are, are pushing for joint custody is because the more time they spend with the kids, the less the child support they pay. Well, that, that may be mathematically true, but it's, it's unlikely, extremely unlikely, that there are very many men who are saying, uh, I, I want to spend time with my kids it, solely because they want to not pay money. And I think that's really, it's, it's, an, it's a, a very untrue and hurtful thing to say. But you're right. I think even, even today, though, that the default is that the kids are going to be better off with mom than they are with dad. And a lot of things have changed since, since those rules went into effect back in the, the 40s and 50s, as you, you mentioned before, mm-hmm. where mom was mom was at home for the most part and dad was the one who was working. And you could say, okay, well, the kids have spent more time with mom and dad spends most of his day at work and let's keep it that way. But now with both parents working, who can you can you always say who the primary parent is? It's not that easy. Yeah, it's not. Uh, 254654, do you have a question for Army? Uh, Not yet. Okay, great. 
So you brought up the, the situation with COVID. Uh, the more we hear about COVID, the more the fact that people are working from home, how does that impact the um, the situation when the, the families are basically spending so much time now together? Is that, is, has that been a plus or has it been a minus when it, in this new work environment, working from home, yeah. where mom and dad, because I don't think there has been any studies. I was trying to find that. Maybe it's too early. The impact on fatherhood on and kids, you know, because yeah, I I haven't seen any studies. I think you're right. It's too early. Yeah. You'll probably see them sometime soon, but I, I would imagine that it's going to end up being a net positive. There are some people who are being driven crazy by having their kids around so much, mm-hmm. and that's understandable in, in a lot of ways. I'm not I'm not saying that to be critical of anyone, but it's all of a sudden you're you're having to spend all this time with them and you don't know what to do with them. Uh, it, it's also harder to make sure that they do their work when you're supposed to be in the other room doing your work. Right. And so there are those difficulties. But I think that a lot of families have, have discovered the the joys of family game night or doing puzzles together or escape room games. I did lots and lots of those with my youngest daughter. Uh, for for a long time until she started going back to having much more regular classes, and so you get the, to you get this opportunity to spend more time with your kids to get to know them better, and for them to get to know you better. That's also an important and overlooked component: is that our kids don't always know us, but we want to know we want to know them. And so I think that the the benefit will be will be positive and that a lot of people are going to find it difficult if they have to go back to work, that they're going to miss the time. It'll come as an initially as a relief. Nice to get back to work (laughs) where I can, I can sit in my cubicle and nobody's going to bug me every five minutes. But I think they're, they're also going to miss it, miss the the close times and the, the opportunities that they've had to, to explore each other because they really haven't been able to travel or go camping or anything like that. Uh, So, yeah, I, that's that's my my prediction. That's we'll your prediction. We'll what I think it's. Uh, can you? Uh, we want to plug in your book as many as many times as possible, and also your <laughs> website, and also okay. the show, the the weekly talk show, hosts of a positive parenting, a weekly talk show. Uh, so your book. Oh well, there's a yeah. whole series of books. It, okay. There's there are actually ten books in the series. I'm not going to tell you about each one of them, but I'll just give you some the, the highlights. There's a, a brand new edition of the book called The Expectant Father, which deals with pregnancy and childbirth from the dad's perspective. And then there's a dad's guide to the first year, and then there's the one that you mentioned before, a dad's guide to the toddler years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the school years, and there's one uh, one called The Single Father for Divorced Dads, one for Military wow. Dads called, called The Military Father. And the theme with all these books is – really to get dads to understand how important they are, to get other people to understand how important dads are and support them, and also to give dads the the tools that they need and the understanding that they need of how best to be involved with their kids at at various ages. That's one of the most difficult things for for parents in general, but I think dads in particular, is we have these expectations that 
that our kids are going to be able to do stuff way before they're able to do it. And we start trying to throw a ball with a a six-month-old who can't possibly catch anything uh, or kick anything or do anything like that without falling flat on his butt. Uh, But so understanding what are things that you can do with your child at every age are, is really important because dads are, are looking for ways to be involved and to to be the mentors and teachers that we want to be and to to take on that role in our kids' lives, to show them the world, to explain things to them. We love to do that. Not okay. that moms don't, again, but, <laughs> but we do. Uh, so it's it's really giving dads the tools that they need to be the kinds of fathers that they want to be and that their, their family needs them to be. Yeah. How, how how about something that I that I had to work on is uh, maintaining that control over your child, uh, and in regards to trying to live your life with your child, which is basically I went to college, but I went to college basically visiting, uh, you know, or commuting, commuting. My son went to college. He lived on campus, and I felt mm-hmm. that when I would bring him to, to school and go, I wanted to be there. So I was, people would say to me, "Oh, you're living you're living through your son because you never went, you never lived on campus." Is that well, was that was that positive or negative? I mean, in your opinion, well, I, I mean, it's I think it's a natural thing to do. I mean, I remember when I, I dropped my, my daughter off at her college. We were in California, and I dropped her off at the college that she went to in New York. And we spent the day walking around the campus and checking yeah. out all the buildings and yeah. all this stuff. And I remember I, had, I actually had this thought for just a moment, thinking, I'm really going to like it here. <laughs> I thought, wait a minute. This is, I, I, I'm actually not going to like it at all because I'm not going to be here. <laughs> it, just, it, it took me a minute to, to, to have that thought. And... I think oh my that's God. a perfectly natural thing. I mean, but the, the, I guess the problem with living through your through your kids is when you push them to do things because you were great at sports and you want your kid to be great at sports, or you struck out in the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded and you want your kid to not make that same mistake. Or whatever it is you, you that's that I think is is really more a problem when you're living living your kids uh, through living through your kid's life or being so i mean there's a difference between being super proud of them when they accomplish something and and feeling like a failure uh, when they don't accomplish something uh, right you know their 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 accomplishments or lack of accomplishments are not a reflection of you. They, they really, in many ways, have nothing to do with you, particularly when you get into the, the late teen and early adult years. Yeah. They're individuals. But you said something that was really important. You said, what about control? Yeah. I think that's a critical thing for dads especially, is to understand that there's a difference between control and influence, and that as your kids get older, you mm-hmm. gradually lose control. I mean, when your kids are, are one year old or two years old or maybe a, a few years more than that, you have control, right? You, you, they go where you tell them to go or they go where you take them and they do what you tell them to do. It, they, you really, they, they don't have much responsibility in their life for making big decisions. 
But as the kids get older, they start having their own friends. They start having activities that they like instead of doing the things that you like. They start developing their own taste in music instead of following your taste in music. And so <laughs> you, you, have, you have some influence. You can, you can nudge them one way or the other, or you can be a, a source of great advice if it's asked for. But you, gotta, you have to be able to make that transition from giving up control right. and trying to maintain influence. I mean, I, I, well, my, my two of my kids live in New York now, 2,500 miles away from me, and we don't have a chance to spend very much time together, particularly this last year or so. But I, I feel I, I still have an important role because they call me up when they want to help doing their taxes or, or <laughs> something like that. I mean, so I still have some influence, and I can say, you know, I know you're only 27 years old, but you really ought to stay, start thinking about socking away some money in a retirement account. <laughs> It's, you know, it, it sounds like typical dad advice. And I, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, geez, did I, did I really say that? <laughs> but, but, but it's good advice. And, but I, and so they say, okay, all right, I'll do it. And I think, okay, I've, got, I've still got a little bit of influence. I have no control. They can do whatever they want. They can take the money out of there and spend it on, on snow cones for, for all I, for all I have to say about it. But at least, we have a relationship over the years where they they'll listen to me if I, if, if it's asked for, I mean, I always preface my comments with them as, okay, can I give you some advice uh, or, or would you like to not have it? And sometimes they say, you know, not right now. Okay. That's it. That's fine. Um, and I, I, the first couple of times that hurt and then I've gotten used to it because that's really a responsible way to have a relationship with somebody. I mean, you wouldn't just impose your advice on everybody, you know, you, often say, hey, can I help you out here a little bit? I have an opinion on that. Would you like to hear it? Uh, but wow. it's, it's a lesson that uh, the dads, I think, in particular have trouble with, especially as the kids get into the teen years. Yeah, it was it, it was challenging. <laughs> it was challenging. Um, this is going to be a question that I, 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 I have for you that I um, – I think uh, if hopefully you, you can answer it because I think it's the difference between a millennial father and a baby boomer father. What's the biggest difference? What's the biggest change? Well, I mean, the millennial father is probably in the prime of his career right now. And the baby boomer father is probably retiring. Okay. So there, and most most boomers are going to have kids who are late twenties, probably at this point, and or or even older than that, in, into the thirties. And so there, there's you're just in a different stage of life, mm-hmm. as far as what's important to you, and as far as the the messages that you want to to get across to your kids. And I think a boomer fathers are probably more concerned with their legacy in a way. Mm -hmm. There's a a point that happens in in men's lives and women too, but I think, again, men are are a little bit more concerned about this. When they think about their age, you can't tell exactly where it is, but it's somewhere in your 40s or 50s, that you stop thinking about how old you are and you start thinking about how much time you have left. And that's a, an interesting and important distinction because you mm-hmm. start thinking of, of, well, you know what? I may not have done everything right 
up till now, but there's still time to to make some changes. And I think that that uh, that's something that's more likely to happen in the head of a of a baby boomer than in the head of a millennial right now. Another decade or so, the millennials will be starting to think the same stuff. <laughs> but right now, right now, they're focused on in the moment and getting everything done and just surviving and, and getting promoted. And I think also the baby boomers, a lot of them are having grandkids and they're right. taking advantage of the opportunity to, in a way, get a redo on some of the, the parenting that, that happened when their kids were little, because we all made mistakes with our kids when they were little. That's what, you know, that's what happens. People make mistakes. Most of the time it's not serious. Kids survive. Uh, but when you've got your grandkids around, you can have a different relationship and you can do things with them that you never did with your own kids, maybe because you didn't have time. Uh, and that's another thing that the, the boomer guys are, as they're retiring, are finding that they've got a lot more time on their hands and they want to spend it with their kids. Uh, got it. So they're able to, to yeah, it, it's kind of a redo or a do-over, um, to, to do things that they wish they would have been able to do the first time around that they just didn't have time or energy for, but now they do. Wow. That, that's a great, great response. I love, I love it. That's, uh, I was curious about what would be the difference, the biggest difference, especially since the world is changing so drastically. Uh, so one of the, the other things that I was looking at is father absence harms children in the following ways. Poverty, four times greater with children without a father yep. and more likely to have behavioral problems. Right. Uh, and, and, mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, there, there are also kids who are raised without a father or are more likely to become teen parents they're more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. They're more likely to, as you said, have behavioral problems. They're, they're, more, they're more likely to, to get bad grades in school and not go on to college or not graduate high school. Um, there's, there's a lot. They, they generally make less money over their career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty shocking. The, the, and it's, I wish that it wasn't like this that so much of it is negative. Right. Because we can spin it around and say kids who have an involved dad in their life are more likely to go on to college and they will make more money over their career and there there are fewer chances of abusing drugs and alcohol or, or getting pregnant as a teenager or getting somebody pregnant. But it's the bottom line is that the dad or the absence of a dad makes a huge difference. Definitely. 254654, do you have a question for Mr. Brock right now? Just have a comment. Um, I have a grandson that my son sought custody for, and he actually got custody, full custody. And he's, it didn't, he didn't want him to himself. He wanted his mom to be, to be in his life. So they had certain things she had to do before she got custody. Again, so anyway, fifty-fifty. They see each other. The my grandson is the happiest little boy I ever seen because he gets equal time with his dad and equal time with his mom, and he's 
he's a very independent little boy and I always see him very happy. But I noticed that his dad is with him constantly. He has his own business, so he can spend a lot of time with him while he does his business. Uh, do you see this more in the, uh, in little kids with their dad in, at present when they take, get a divorce? Or is it worse? Absolutely. No, it's, it's, I think there are more dads who want to take on a role and there are more dads who are taking it on. And getting back to Cisco's question about how COVID is going to affect things, I think there are so many of these dads are being able to spend time with their kids like they never have before, and they're not going to want to give that up. Because, I mean, I have never met a man, and I've been dealing with fathers for 25 years, working with fathers, and never met anybody who says, gee, I wish I would, would have been able to spend less time with my kids. Uh, you know, anybody who's taken family leave, has has said, wow, what a great experience it was. So, yeah, dads are dads are trying to be there. And I think what you you said was so interesting about the the your grandson being uh, more independent, and that there's some really interesting studies that that look at moms and dads who have little kids, toddlers, two three years old, and they watch the parents playing with the kids or the kids just being with the with the parents. And they see when, when a child who's with a mom falls down, the mother lunges after the kid, runs in to pick him up at a certain amount, after a certain amount of seconds. Dads wait longer. And mm-hmm. what, that, what that does is it tells the kid, it seems like a subtle thing, but it tells the kid, hey, you know what? I'm here for you. If you need the help, I'll, I'll step in and help you. But let's see if you can get up by yourself. I think you can. I, you, know, you know, I know you can get up. And so kids who get that, in the back of their mind, they always know that, well, I, I'm going to try just a little bit harder instead of waiting for somebody to jump in and help you, which is, again, a lot of moms wait for their kids and they encourage their kids, but there, there's, there are differences. And dads tend to wait just a little bit longer and let the kids see if they can figure it out for themselves. They'll jump in and help if it's necessary. But a lot of times it isn't. A lot of times kids just, they're waiting for somebody. And so kids who grow up or have an opportunity to have a dad who encourages them to go try a little bit more, see if you can climb one more branch on that tree, they, they, they become more independent because they know that there's somebody there to back them up if, if they make a mistake as opposed to not wanting to make the mistake in the first place and being, or being afraid to fall because you're not sure that anybody's going to help you. So it, it's what you, what you saw there with the more independent child is something that happens to a lot of kids when they spend more time with dad. Wow. Great observation. Great comment. Um, now, a- a- any other comments or questions, 254? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I noticed is very structured, a very structured child, like I said, very independent. And like I said, uh, both sides seems to, seem to be working to, to make sure the child gets what it needs, the attention and all that. So that's working out pretty good at this point. Yeah, I got to say congratulations to them uh, because it's it's yeah. so important. I mean, in, in cases of divorce or breakup of relationship, the thing that is the biggest predictor of of how well kids will do after the divorce 
is whether the parents get along. They don't have to get along well enough to be married or to stay together in a relationship, but if they can just get along and, and respect each other and respect the importance of the other parent in the child's life, that kid is so lucky, so lucky to have a mom and dad who, who don't want to be together, but they clearly care about their son enough to put aside their differences and to be grown-ups about the whole thing. That, that kid is so lucky. And hopefully they'll be able to do that, that they'll be able to, to go to his parent-teacher conferences together uh, as he goes through school and that they'll be able to go and sit next to each other at the uh, high school graduation and they'll both be able to walk the kid down the aisle uh, or at, at his wedding, whatever, you know, that they, they can do things and still have a family. Of course, their families will grow and develop in different directions, but mom and dad will still have this child in common. And it, it saddens me when I, when I hear about or I see couples who put their own petty nonsense and, and hate for the other parent ahead of their love for their child. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Now, any, anything else? Any, any other comments and questions, uh, 254? Mm-mm. I'm done. Okay, great. That was fantastic. Now, the other part that in father's absence harms children in that two times more likely to suffer from obesity. That was an interesting part of my research. Uh, I was unaware that not having a father or fatherless, obesity plays a part of it. Well, I'm not familiar with that particular study, but it doesn't surprise me. And I think it, what the reason why is I think just because of a, a stereotype that fathers are generally more physical with their kids. They play with them a little bit more roughly. They do more physical things. They, they run, they throw, they jump, they wrestle. Uh, and, and when you get a lot of that as a child, you're more likely to be active and want to be active as you grow up. And kids who are growing up without mom or with mom who may not be as interested in exercise as dad is, it it's, seems natural that they're going to be likely to, to put on some weight because they're not getting the exercise that they need. Got it. The other part that I think was uh... – are more likely to face abuse and neglect. Seven, not not two times, seven more times more likely to face abuse and neglect. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one because when you when you think of child abuse, you have a tendency to think of of sexual abuse, and there's no question that that men are the primary offenders when it comes to child sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Not exclusively. Women are involved as well sometimes, but, but men are more. But the vast majority of child abuse cases overall are really more neglect or physical violence, hitting, things like that. Um, and, and that often happens because of, I think, because of the stress of being a single parent. I mean, anybody who's been a single parent will tell you it is not easy work. I mean, I've, I've done it, done it for years. Mm-hmm. 
And it's it's not something that most people would like to do. I mean, most people, when they when they have kids, they don't go into it thinking that they're going to be single parents. It's a tough job. And I, I have a tremendous amount of sympathy for moms and dads who are doing it themselves because you can just get overloaded and stressed out. And you've got a kid who's who's got a fever and is whining and screaming and complaining all day long and you need to get this, you need to get something done and the kid will not leave you alone and you just want to get on the phone for a minute and make a phone call to your boss and, and finish up a project and the kid will just, and you can you can get to a, a an explosion point. So it's not surprising that that, that happens. And I think it, it is uh, certainly if you, if you abuse your child or you neglect your child, you are responsible for that. But I think we need to, as members of, of society say, we need to have support for single parents, whether they're single moms or single dads, so that they don't get to this point. So they can call the child abuse or the child stress hotlines or things like that that are available. We need to have more of these things available so the parents can get the time that they need, if they can get some some relief from the very stressful job of parenting. Uh, where can we get your book, The New Father, A Dad's Guide to the Toddler Years? Well, that one and all the other ones, The Expected Father and the First Year Book, all those are available probably at, at, at your favorite bookstore. Okay. Or on on Amazon if you want to do that, or you can order them through my website, which okay. is mrdad.com. It's mrdad.com, and everything is there actually. All the books, hundreds of articles, thousand podcasts, uh, of of radio shows going back for for more than ten years. So, yeah, it's all all there, and it's all well. The books are not free; you have to buy those. But the right uh, pod. The radio shows and the uh, articles right. are all free. Definitely, definitely. We got we got ninety ninety seconds. So the last part, and, and again, I I've enjoyed this. We can we can do a two or three hour show on this because <laughs> I, I haven't even covered half of what I researched uh, yet. Oh, I'll come back. <laughs> yes, definitely. I'm excited, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm so happy that you 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 came on tonight. Uh, in the last 60 seconds, uh, Men's Health Network, uh, how, how does that play a part in, 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 in regards to fathers being more participant? You know, how does that help with the... Uh, well, with this? father, it, it, it's a big health issue. Um, mm-hmm. Fathers, the, the whole thing in, in our lives where as little boys, we were told big boys don't cry. When you grow up, you end up being somebody who you play through it, play with your injuries, and then later on you get indigestion or you have heart pains. You, you say, ah, it's nothing. You don't go to the doctor. And men die five years younger than women, and we, we die in greater numbers than at younger ages of nine out of the top ten causes of death. And those deaths, those early deaths, are preventable. Men need to learn how to take better care of themselves. And so Men's Health Network is a group that I work with, menshealthnetwork.org. Check them okay. out, and there's lots of resources there for dads and for men in general. Will do. Thank you, Army. Uh, Mr. Army Brock, A.K. Mr. Dad, thank you again, and we'll have you back. Thank you. Pleasure. All sir. right. All right. Have a great, uh, a blessed weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, week, and um, we'll see. We'll talk later. Okay. Thanks. Okay.
Wow, next week we'll have another fascinating program, and I will let everyone know about who our guests will be very soon. Thank you and good night.